Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to turn to Proverbs 4.20. This is our key scripture. And we're calling this class Divine Healing and Health for Today. Uh, it wasn't just for yesterday. It's for us today. We can experience it in, in our lives. So we were talking, let's read in the Amplified, my son, attend to my words. We've been talking about attending to the word of God. In the Amplified, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are a life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. And that's where I got the title for this class, uh, Divine Healing and Health. Remember, we've talked about you can have healing for your body or you can live immune from sickness and disease and walk in health on a daily basis. Now, just because symptoms do come your way doesn't mean you're in disobedience to God. It just means that we're in the cage with the lion, which is the devil. And if symptoms come on you, you can take healing for your body. You can speak health over your body. But understand that divine health is a place that we can get to where sickness can't even touch us. And to be honest with you, I've been there, but at times I haven't been there. So, hey, at least I've been there. Maybe I've been in and out, but that's okay. So God says... I've got healing for you. I've got health for you. So don't get caught up in that. If you need it, take it. It's called divine health, divine life. Remember, we've been talking about quickening life, and we need to attend to the word of God. There are three areas in my own life that God's dealing with me to make some changes in. I won't mention two of them because they're more private. But one thing is just getting more rest. Uh, because I just got in a pattern to where I wasn't getting enough rest, and God started dealing with me. That's going to catch up with you, and it did. And, you know, this is one of those times, too, where I'm believing God. I'm not going to have strep throat this year. I'm not going, you know, and really, I used to have that stuff years ago that I don't even deal with that type of thing. But symptoms tried to come on me uh, because I started allowing things in the church to get inside of me. You've heard Pastor talk about that. So I just laid it down. I'm staying in peace now. Uh, but another thing, I wasn't getting enough rest in my body. And uh, so it caught up with me. But thank God for Jesus the healer because I can go to him for healing. And I've been having a blast meditating on the healing power of God, meditating on Christ who bore my sickness and my disease, and therefore I'm healed. And you know what? It would have taken me out for a couple of weeks, but haven't missed a lick. Haven't missed a lick. Now, uh, I'm not stupid. How about you? Don't answer. Anyway... Uh, I know that the enemy is also trying to challenge me because I'm teaching a healing class. So when you make a statement about healing in your life, when you start walking in health, uh, he doesn't like that. And people's lives are being changed because of this class. People's lives are be being changed because of this church. So I'm not stupid. I know that the enemy's also trying to bring symptoms against me because of that. But I don't meditate on that. I don't talk about that. I don't tell other people. The only reason I'm telling you is because I want you to understand his tactics, his devices. And I'm not giving in to that. I said I'm not giving in to that. All right? Haven't missed a lick. Haven't missed this class. Not going to miss tomorrow class. Going to California. Not going to miss the meetings there. Why? Because I'm healed. Heal people. Get up and go and do. 
sometimes God deals with me and get a little extra risk or do this or that. But otherwise, I'm healed. I'm healed. And I have been getting better rest. Amen. Now, just like last night, God woke me up, and it was from about 1 to 3 o'clock writing some things out for tomorrow's service. And, hey, when he does that, he will rest my body. Now, I rested in, too, today. So, I, again, I use wisdom on that. But sometimes he'll wake you up in the middle of the night, and you can, well, God, you told me to get rest. You know, I'm not going to listen tonight. No, if he wakes me up and he puts things in my heart, I, I started getting several things, and I, and I was thinking to myself, I'll write that down tomorrow night. Have you ever done that? And then tomorrow night comes, and you forgot it all because the Spirit of God wanted you to write it down then. So I'd encourage you to put a pad and paper by your bed or go to a place and write it out real quick. Pray about it. Pray in the spirit before you go. Make sure your heart's clear. And that's when he'll give you things because you're quiet. Amen. Proverbs 4.20 through 23. We already read that. So we've been talking about taking our medicine by actively attending to the word of healing and health. And last week's message is preparing the heart in order to attend preparing the heart in order to attend or to properly receive and understand God's word. Because if you don't receive and you don't understand, it won't work for you. So we've been taking some extra time to talk about attending. We've been taking some extra time about laying down distractions. We've been taking some extra time in Proverbs, uh, not Proverbs, but Matthew 13. Uh, We're talking about the different soils. And we need to have soil, we need to have ground that is ready to receive. So we need to attend to the word, but also there's some things we need to lay down. Lay down those distractions which so heavily beset you in Hebrews. Amen. So we talked about some of those things. We ministered to some people along some of those lines uh, last week. Now we need to understand more about this meditation process, which means to mutter, speak, mull over the word. I'm going to be sticking close to my notes here because uh, I've given a lot of, I've kind of gotten out of my notes here and I, I want to get rid of the fluff. Okay, because I've really got to stick line upon line in this message for you to get the gist of it. So in Joshua 1.8, and we've read that a few times already, in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. In other words, you shall mutter, you shall speak, you shall mull over the word day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written for in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Remember, we said observe to do. Observe means to guard, to watch, uh, to keep, and even to take heed. So it's not a passive thing. Observing isn't just looking at something. It's looking at it with the very intention of doing something with it. Okay? All right. So it's not a, a passive thing. It's an active thing that you are doing while you're looking, while you're attending. And prosperous means to push forward and break out. If you want to push forward and break out of sickness and disease in your body, if you want to have good success, listen to what he's saying. He's saying meditate. What What do you mean meditate? I'm looking. I'm listening. I'm hearing. Uh, we talked about last week. I've made some changes. I've made some heart changes, uh, some things. Uh, I, I've laid aside some things that I thought were important because I knew that it was distracting me. Uh, But no, that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm saying that meditate means, again, if we look at the Strong's, to speak, 
imagine, study, mutter, utter, and talk. So it's more than just attending. I said it's more than just attending. It's more than just looking. Uh, scripturally speaking, the primary action that we're to do is to speak. And the primary action that Joshua uh, taught them, that God showed them, they needed to speak the law. They needed to follow suit with more action, but they needed to be saying what God said. In John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. Whatever you ask, that word ask means to demand, to call for, to require. So you're saying something. You may say, well, it says ask. Well, in the original Greek, it means to demand. It means to call. Today I'm talking about calling your healing. You may say, well, are you one of those name it and claim it? Yes, I plead guilty, absolutely. Because I'm like my Father God who called those things that be not as though they were. But we're going to be talking more. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're going to be talking, why do we speak the word? How does that work for us? I'm glad you asked. Stick with me here. But we need to understand what faith is first. See, God is a God of faith, and Abraham was the father of many nations, and he was a father of faith in Romans 4. And we are children of God. We're going to learn how we're like God. We're going to learn how we represent God. But one of the ways that we, we represent him is he's a faith God, so we need to be faith children. We had to have faith to get saved. Remember, we've talked about saved, preservation, healing, wholeness, soundness of mind. Salvation is an all-inclusive package that we have, and if we will access it by faith. But we've got to understand what faith is. So in Hebrews 11.1, 1, in the Amplified, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It, it says in the New King James Version, and that's a version I read unless I'm reading another translation, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, not the evidence uh, things not seen. The substance. What is substance? Well, in the Amplified, it says it's the title deed. If you buy a house, the title deed shows you that it's your house. If somebody tries to take your house from you, uh, then you can show them the title deed, the authorities, the title deed. And that is the, the evidence, the substance. It's yours. Our faith is the word of God. Uh, in the Word of God, the substance is the Word, okay? And we apply the Word to the situation. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed, all right? First Peter, is that 2.24? You were healed. And remember, Isaiah the prophet prophesied the same, amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, you were healed. Uh, sicknesses and diseases. Actually, the word, you, uh, he bore sicknesses and he carried our pains. That's how it reads in the Hebrew. So he bore our iniquities. That, uh, oh, let's just go there. Let's just go there. I know I have that somewhere in here. 
Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by Jesus' stripes we're healed. But in the Hebrew, it's talking about sickness. He carried sickness and pain. He carried our pains, all right? So I won't get off in that. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight or feeling. We walk by faith, not by sight. And I added that, or feeling, okay? Faith looks at the word of God. It doesn't look at what it feels. It doesn't look at what just in the natural it sees. Because we know that natural things are temporal. 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, we're talking about eternal life or quickening life. That will change, the, by the word of God, it will change your situation. Amen. Your situation can be subject to the word of God if you require it, if you say it. If you receive it by faith, access it and say it in Jesus' name. Faith is a confidence or assurance that what God said he will do or provide. Our part is to do the believing. God's part is to do the doing. Amen. But according to Mark 11, 22 and 23, we speak what we believe. And if you'll go to Mark 11, 22, turn there if you would, and I'll go ahead and read here. Notice that in verse 22, Mark told the disciples, have faith in God, which literally means to have the God kind of faith. In other words, he said, you have the God kind of faith. You have it. In other words, it's just not God that has faith. We wouldn't be saved unless it was by faith. But again, saved is all-inclusive. It includes more than just forgiveness of sin. Well, praise God. Amen. Mark eleven twenty two. are you there? So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Well, in verse 24, again, that's a good definition of faith. Believe you receive it, and you have it. Believe you receive it, and you have it. We're talking about speaking. In other words, healing's already yours. You know, you don't even have to ask for it. Well, it says in James 5.14, Pastor Debbie, it says, call the elders of the church and, and pray for the sick. Well, I understand that. That's another level that you can ask for something. But we need to teach people it's already yours. Now, did I come in here today and ask Christine for this vest? No. Why? Because it's mine. It's already mine. But I'm wearing it. Start wearing your healing. Okay? Start access it by faith and wear it. But first, speak it. First, say it's mine. So that's why I'm not focused on uh, the verse 24 part there. I'm focusing on 22. Have the God kind of faith. Well, what is the God kind of faith? In verse 23, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes, believes that those things he says 
will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus was using the mountain as an illustration. Uh, there were mountains all around outside of Jerusalem, weren't there? Uh, they were standing there and looking at mountains. So Jesus just pointed at one of those mountains and, and said, hey, what if, you know, if concerning that mountain, just say, be removed and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt that in your heart, it'll be done. Well, like Pastor Jay has mentioned or other ministers have mentioned, do you get your hard hat out and say, hey, boys, I'm going to speak to that mountain, watch out, and rocks will start flying. Sometimes it takes time for that thing to be generated. So uh, it wouldn't, uh, well, let's go on down here at the end of verse 22, going down in my notes, I want to bring something out. At the end of verse 22, it says, believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. The Greek word for uh, will be, actually done, will be done is ganamahi. And in the Strong's, it means to become, to come into existence, begin to be, receive being, to come to pass, happen. And that's why you hear us say, it will come to pass, because we're speaking our faith. We believe we're going to see it, but we're not focused on God's end. We're focused on our end. We're speaking it, and it also means that the, I love this definition, to generate. Yes. So you could say to generate, cause to come into existence or come to pass, finish, perform, make. Well, praise the Lord. That's what happens when you speak it. Just like when you come into this auditorium and you turn on the lights. Well, what happens? If there was a generator that was causing those lights to be, you might get some flashes of light until they, they finally came on because the power was coming on. Yes. You flip it on. You flip the switch of faith on by your words. And then the power kicks in. Yes. Amen. But that's the, that's the pattern. That's the example. You see, God said... Let there be light. And then there was light. After the fact, after he said it, there was a process. Well, God just made the worlds. God said, let there be. That word in the Hebrew means the same thing, to exist, to come to pass. Let there be light. And he spoke it. And then it happened. And he saw that it was good. Too many people are looking for something before they're willing to say it. Too many people want to see before they believe they receive and they speak it. And it doesn't happen that way. That's opposite of what God does. God says, let there be. Let it exist. Let it come to pass. That's why we say it shall come to pass. Amen. So let there be whatever you need, and it shall come to pass. We will see it. Amen. So speaking God's word day and night is a command. Now let's go back here, though. It wouldn't uh, be an injustice to the word to take out the mountain illustration, would it? Kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit. Let's read it like this. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, take the mountain out there, and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. 
So Jesus was using the mountain as his illustration, but we took it out, not doing an injustice to that, because he was teaching his disciples' faith principle. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, what do you need to speak to? What do you need to say? Amen. Uh, the Lord told Dad Hagen that in verse 23, the word say was emphasized three times over the word believe. Three times. We need to speak it over and over and over. Many times, you know, not to just be technically correct, but in my heart, many times I'll say something three times in a row. Why do I do that? Because I believe what the Lord told Dad Hagen. I believe it bears out in the scripture. Because three times is uh, emphasized, says, over the believing part. You've got to believe. Believe that you receive it. But do you say over and over, I believed. I believed. I believed. No, you say, I have it. It's mine. I have it. So you're not focused necessarily on when you believed. No, I mean, you may tell the devil, hey, Mr. Devil, can you read? Well, here, the Bible says this, and I took it by faith, or I had hands laid on me, and that was my point of contact, and I received at that time. Because when you have hands laid on you, the anointing goes into you. But by faith, you believe that you receive that anointing going into your body and driving out the sickness. But understand, that's just one level of faith. And there are ministers who have anointing to minister to you by the anointing. But you have an anointing inside of you. And I want to focus on that. It's okay to go forward to have laying on of hands, particularly if you're led to do so. But get an understanding, get a grasp, attend to the point where you have an understanding that through redemption, you already were healed. Amen. Amen. Amen? So we're speaking God's word day and night. That's the command. That's the primary thing that we're supposed to do. And we can do whatever we want to do the rest of the time, but day and night, we need to speak the word of God. Amen? And uh, we need to ponder it. We need to imagine Jesus on the cross and what he took for us. We need to say the word out loud. We need to mutter it under our breath. You know, we don't have to be weird in front of people out in public, necessary. But there were times uh, if people knew me, I would say, you know what, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'd be speaking my faith. And they'd say, yeah, you're healed. Now, I wouldn't tell somebody that didn't understand healing. Okay, that's a no-brainer. Hallelujah. We need to be diligent students to keep this command of speaking the word of God. Why speak the word? Why is this so important? Well, we've talked about that, but this is, if this is a command for Joshua and the Israelites, then it's a command for us. If this is a principle that Jesus taught his disciples, then it's a principle that we need to be taught. And he expects us to take these teachings to the sick and dying world and be examples of speaking and acting on what? The God kind of faith. Amen? Turn to Mark 16, 15 through 18, and I'm going to be reading real quick, so you'll have to hurry up and turn there. Mark 16, 15 through 18, because this is a scripture we need to be living and acting on. In verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now you know what that word means. It's just not forgiveness of sin, but it's all-inclusive. What do you need? It means I'm delivered, even in our finances. 
Amen. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Remember, uh, we just read back there in, was it Mark? Yeah. John 14, 13, actually. Whatever you ask in my name or whatever you demand... In my name that I will do. So you can lay hands on the sick and demand be healed. Well, Pastor Debbie, I don't have a tangible healing anointing. That's all right. Just agree with them. Lay hands as a point of contact. That's what it's talking about, the elders of the church coming, and that's what the oil represents, uh, the anointing. Okay? It's just a natural representation of a spiritual thing that's happening because the anointing already lives inside of them. So it'll rise up and heal them. They access it by faith. But there are ministers that are called in the ministry, and hey, even lay people that have an anointing to minister to the sick. Don't get all caught up in that, but there is something there. As a minister of the gospel who operates with a healing anointing, I don't pray for the sick. I minister to the sick. I minister anointing to the sick. Sometimes I will agree with them by faith, and that's a prayer. But there's a different thing. If I lay hands and the anointing goes into them, it's ministry to the sick. Uh, Dr. Dufresne got in trouble with the Lord because he was advertising prayer for the sick. And the Lord said, it's not prayer for the sick, it's ministry. Because you have a tangible healing anointing. Remember, Dad Hagen, the Lord came to him in a vision. And I'm not saying he's going to come to everybody in a vision. But you're going to understand as a minister, if you start operating in that tangible anointing, you're going to know. And I know when I lay hands on people that the anointing goes out of my hands into them. Okay? And sometimes there's a miraculous anointing that happens at times that I don't actually feel. But there's a little bit different something happening at that point that I won't go into at right now. Uh, but Dad Hagen, in a vision, the Lord said, uh, 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 he put his hands, his fingers on each one of his hands. We'll talk about that in depth in one of these services. And imparted a healing anointing to Dad Hagen. Well, praise the Lord. That's great when the Lord Jesus Christ himself comes and gives that to you. But we have a knowing. We have a knowing. So if you experience that, does that mean I'm a prophet? Does that mean I'm called into the ministry? No, not necessarily. It just means that it says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up new servants. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no, no means hurt them. And if they're a minister, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Did you catch that? He didn't say that. No, believers. We can lay hands on the sick. So whether you feel a healing anointing going out of you or not, just say, in Jesus' name, I require health in this body. Because you call it. He said, ask, which meant demand, require. Too many times we're passive about these things. But in John, it says, in the name of Jesus, call for the thing. Require it. When you're believing God with somebody, you lay hands on them. Don't be passive. Lord, please, would you heal them? No. Say, Lord, in salvation, we already received it. Now we access it by faith. Now I call you healed. Symptoms leave this body. Amen. Be aggressive about it. Don't be squeamish about it. Furthermore, God made man and woman in his image and his likeness. 
That's exciting to me. Which means that we resemble, we're representative of God, and that we are fashioned or made in his similitude and shape. And we have the same mannerisms. Wow! I'm like my father God. See, you're looking below yourself. You're looking below yourself. Jesus, Jesus is not under your feet. He's the head, but you're the body. You're part of the body of Christ. Stop looking at yourself as anything else. I'm in the image. God said, let us. God and Jesus were talking, and God said, let us make man in our image. He fashioned them. Let's read that. Go ahead and turn to Genesis 1. Verse 26, Genesis 1, 26, we're talking, talking about calling your healing, calling those things that you need, accessing them by faith. Amen. Amen. Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I, I believe he's talking to Jesus because Jesus represents the word and the Godhead, okay? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth, over the cattle of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Verse 26, God said to Jesus, let us make man in our own image, according to our own likeness. Image means resemblance, represent, representative figure, Likeness means model, shape, fashion, likeness, manner, similitude. And then dominion means to tread down, subjugate, prevail against, reign, rule. Sounds a lot like require and to call. Yes, amen. You see, when you're ruling and you're reigning, you say things. A king says things to his subjects. And he has a scepter and he says, do this. He doesn't say, would you please do this? No! Oh! Don't be passive about it. It's yours already. Is the king begging his subjects? No. He's telling them with a kingly, authoritative, priestly. Amen. Dominion, again, uh, we need to rule and reign against symptoms. We rule and reign over them, not under their subjection, but we, they are subject to us. I said, symptoms are subject to me. Now, sometimes there are causes if we don't treat our bodies right or we're in disobedience or something like that. So, but in your spirit, you don't have to start digging things up. Don't go in, go in the toy box of unbelief and start digging everything up. No, just ask the Lord. Otherwise, you see, because your heart and your mind will be troubled when Satan comes and he's lying to you and saying, no, you don't deserve that. But God comes in peace. Yes, so you know if it's the devil when it's troubling, but you know it's God when there's peace. Yes, because he's our Heavenly Father, and he says, uh, just make this change. Yes, make this adjustment. Right. Now, I, uh, sometimes he's dealt with me, uh, you know, more aggressive about, hey, make that change. 
but he doesn't come and dog me like the devil does. Well, you didn't do that right. Well, you didn't. That's condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation, none, nada, zero, to those who are in Christ Jesus in Romans 8. No condemnation. So don't follow condemnation. Speak the word. If you've missed it, you have forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. So forget it and move on and look at Christ on the cross and what he's already, already bore for you. Amen. Those things are subject to us. So we're, so, so we're supposed to represent God and his son Jesus in how they walk, talk, and operate in the scriptures. And therefore, we are to walk, talk, and operate like him through the living word and operating through who? The Holy Spirit on the earth today. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us through Christ. The Holy Ghost lives in us. Amen? And we operate in his power by speaking the word of God. God told this man and woman to have dominion, and he commanded them to be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over what? Every living thing that moves on the earth. I took some of that out of there because it means have dominion over everything. Everything. That wasn't a suggestion. That was an assignment. That was a command. Man was supposed to go and dominate the earth, subdue it, grow stuff, you know, make it multiply, profit. And God saw that the light was good. He doesn't make bad stuff, and we're like him. So everything that our hand touches should prosper. It should be good. And healing is good. Amen? Uh, healing was a covenant for God's people in the Old Testament, right? Yes. And in the New Testament. And it has been a covenant from the beginning of creation. From the beginning of the creation of God's mankind. In the Old Testament, the Israelites not only had healing power available to them, but they were obedient to God's word when they lived in divine health. We talked about this earlier, immunity from sickness and disease. That's God's best. But thank God. If we need healing, it's there too. Exodus 23, 25, we mentioned this, but let's read it. Uh, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. You won't even have to deal with it. That's his best. That's where my eyes are set on his best. So we just need to get things in line for his best. Isaiah the prophet prophesied about Christ coming and taking the sins, oppression, and sickness of man on the cross. He spoke of this grand redemption by revelation, knowing that Jesus would become God in the flesh on the earth and permanently take the penalty of sin for all mankind. Glory to God. Amen? So we again mention this, Isaiah 53, 4-5. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow, sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Got a little excited before and I didn't read that first part that I was referring to at the beginning of the message. Surely he has borne or carried our sickness. Griefs mean sickness. And carried or bore our sorrows. Sorrows means pains. So you could read it. 
surely he has carried our sickness and carried our pain. So I don't have to carry it. He's already done it. In the Hebrew, again, grief means sickness. Sorrows means pains. Jesus took it. Amen. In the New Testament, Matthew referred to Isaiah's prophecy when telling about the healing ministry of Jesus while at Peter's house. Remember that? In Matthew 8, 16 through 17, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits, what? With the word. And he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So, again, talking about twofold redemption, really it's manyfold redemption, uh, but the twofold there is freedom from sin and freedom from sickness. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Jesus spoke the word. Remember that our salvation through Christ provides the whole, all-inclusive package of redemption. Remember that through Christ we have quickening life or God's power that heals, and that saved means to save, deliver, protect, literally, figuratively, heal, preserve, do well, be made whole. We can't say that enough. Remember, uh, in our first lesson, attending to the word, we talked more about the life of God, uh, rather uh, intensely about God's life. John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That life means quickening power. And we said quickening power to heal your body or quickening power to do whatever you need. Amen? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. There's that word again, that all-inclusive word. Remember we said that uh, recently we had a mission group from our church go to Mexico with Dr. Dufresne's group, and we had an all-inclusive room. It included food, included uh, rights to the beach. We didn't have to pay for anything unless I wanted to go to the gift shop that was included. Well, what's included in your salvation? Healing, wholeness, soundness of mind, provision, prosperity. Everything you need, deliverance. Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Consider, look, attend to, observe, to do. The apostle and high priest of our what? Confession. Christ Jesus. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we what? Hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm till the end. That's right, Pastor Debbie, I'm in hope. I'm I'm desiring. No, Biblical hope is based on faith, and it's a confident expectation. In other words, you're going to see it. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. I'm looking. I'm looking. It's here. I know it. Now, it doesn't mean to be feeling yourself every day, see if symptoms are there. No, because you're calling your body healed, and you're expecting it. The world's kind of hope is, well, I hope when they lay hands on me it'll happen. But you know how it goes. Seems like everybody else gets it, not me. That's exactly what you're going to have. No. 
have an expectation. When they, hand, when they lay hands on me, it's going to work. And then speak it by faith. Amen. And then your expectation goes another level. You speak it by faith and you're looking. You're looking. Amen. Amen. Remember, we are in the image and likeness of the Godhead. And therefore, we talk with the God kind of faith just like God. Romans 4, 16. Why don't you go ahead and turn there? Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. We were just talking about that earlier. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Now, before I read that, remember the first part of 16, therefore it is of faith. Therefore, it is of faith. Tell your neighbor, therefore, it is of faith. Therefore, it is of faith. Therefore, it is of faith. He's a God kind of faith God. He's a faith kind of God. Amen. We need to have the God kind of faith. Therefore, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God who gives life to the dead, quickening power. Is life. That's why we spent so much time for you to understand what life means. Quickening power to the dead. And calls, requires, summons, names those things. That's another definition for call is to name. Which do not exist as though they did. What doesn't exist in your, in your life? Well, sickness and disease may exist, so you're not denying a natural reality. But what doesn't? Do you need healing? If healing does not exist, then start calling it existing. Start saying, healing be. Remember, light didn't exist, so God said, light be. Light come to pass. Then it was. That's the pattern. God called things that be not. What be not in your life? What do you need? Receive it by faith. Require it. Demand it in Jesus' name and call it. Call it. You're not denying that you're dealing with sickness. You're not denying that you're dealing with symptoms. You know, somebody uh, goes to jail and they're in a jail cell, locked up, and somebody comes to them and says... You're in jail? No, I'm not. I'm not in jail. I am not in jail. Well, that's stupid. Well, it's the same thing. If you're dealing with sickness and disease uh, and somebody says, hey, are you dealing with some symptoms? No, I'm not dealing with any symptoms. That's a lie. Now, you're not advertising it to everybody because the more you talk about it, the more you advertise it, the more you believe it in your heart, and you're calling that thing to yourself. See, when when you're, you can call sickness, too. There are some people that sickness yeah. don't be in their body, but because they talk sickness all the time, it becomes to be. So stop talking. Stop talking about sickness. And even if you're dealing with symptoms, stop talking about it. Start talking about what you have in Christ. So let's read the verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. What does that mean? Contrary to this worldly hope, in hope, the godly hope, which means a confident expectation. So contrary to what the symptoms were saying, 
in hope or confident expectation that what he believed, that, that Sarah would have a child, so that he became the father of many nations. Uh, she needed to have a child for him to be a father, right? Okay. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, get that, not being weak in faith, not being weak in faith. That's right, Pastor Debbie, I'm weak in faith. It's, it's because of that hole in your face. Stop talking like that. Start talking, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, that was offensive. Well, stop talking like that. The more you talk it, the more you're going to believe it, and the more it's going to come to pass. Start saying, I'm strong. But I don't feel strong. Well, we don't go by our feeling. We don't go by sight. We already established that. In verse 20, he did not waver. Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was, that's unbelief. He was strengthened in faith. What? Giving glory to God. That's why we started out the class thanking God. First of all, who he is. He's big in our life. And we thank him that he's a healer of our body. And it works. Being fully convinced, in other words, he had faith, uh, that what he had promised he also was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Abraham was to be an example of the God kind of faith for the people of God. Abraham was also made in the image and likeness of the Father God, and he was made the father of many nations. To be an example, similitude, and replica of God and his calling faith. God calls quickening life to those who are dead in sin and plagued with sickness. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. What be not in your life? Start calling it, it be. Start saying, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Not, I'm going to get healed. Start saying, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Give God the glory by speaking out your faith and giving him glory for the answer. Before you see it, before you feel it, that's a God kind of faith. I said, that's a co the God kind of faith. And we're made in his image and likeness. And we talk the same faith talk that made all creation. Now, we already talked about Genesis 1, but turn there real quick. We're going to go over this because uh, we've been alluding to this, but I want you to see. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I understand that in verse 1 it's talking about creation, and obviously there probably was a pre-Adamic race or something like that. Uh, in Jeremiah, it alludes to that that was wiped out by a flood, uh, that type of thing. But, you know, that's not going to get you to heaven, so it's not like you have to, have to uh, be studying all that. But we do understand that it talks about creation in verse 1, and then it goes on to talk about he made. In other words, he was replenishing. He wasn't plenishing, plenishing, he was replenishing, okay? Uh, there was iron and earth there. And understand that in verse 2, when it says earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, uh, that was something, uh, something happened. And many times Dakes talks about how darkness denotes sin. And again, Jeremiah alluded to there was a flood that wiped out a pre-Adamic race. Uh, but anyway, moving right along, that was all free. Uh, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, 
that it was good. All right, let's go on down. Uh, I wrote something out here. God created, or according to Hebrew, he dispatched, he made, shaped, formed, and fashioned the heavens and the earth and all that is. In verse 3, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. We've already talked about this, but said means to call. Again, it's a little bit different, but, but it's the same wording. Said means to call, charge, command, declare, demand, name, or require. We were talking the other day in the offering that I gave. Name your seed. Name it, and then call it coming to you in Jesus' name. If you plant a seed financially, say it comes back to me in multiplied amounts. Name it. Amen. Praise God. When they plant seeds of corn, they say corn's going to come back to them. Well, they name their seed, right? Well, God names things. God declares. He commands. He charges it. And then he sees it after the fact. B is a Hebrew word which means to exist, and we already went over this, but I'll say it real again. Uh, to exist, to come to pass, to come about, to come into being, become, arise, or appear. But it is similar to the word will be done, listen to this, it is similar to the word will be done or the Greek ganamahi that we read about in Mark 11.22, which means to generate, cause to come into existence or come to pass, finish, perform, or make. All right? Therefore, we could say that God called or commanded the light to exist or to come to pass, just like Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be removed. Yeah. It's the same word, it's just one is in the Hebrew, one is in the Greek. And we're following, we're in the likeness and image of God, and we're following the principle of faith that Jesus taught in the New Testament as well. And we will also make it plain that after God called, there was light. God saw the light, that it was what? Good. I don't have any bads in my life. Don't accept anything from the enemy that is bad. So in other words, the pattern here is that God spoke or commanded the creation to exist or to come to pass before he saw or experienced the goodness of it. That is God's principle of faith, that he created and made all creation and mankind by he called or a name that he brought forth through the power of his word. It was brought forth by words. You are a result of God's word. Now he expects you to do the same thing and go lay hands on the sick. Go require it by faith. And of course, he expects you to access what you already have and call it require it. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.